lawyer talk off the record on the air the podcast air here at 511 south high studio c for those who don't know we do have a professional recording studio here at 511 south high studio c this is the home of lawyer talk podcast that is gaining all the attention both local and national far and wide here and there everywhere uh, if you haven't had a chance to tune in every friday to the news extra drop you really should there's a uh we figured it wasn't good enough just to supply great substantive content we thought we should we should supply some more content in the form of news extra what that means is we take the greatest latest awesomest headlines and uh and give them to you lawyer talk style lawyer talk opinion style lawyer talk fact style lawyer talk reality style and you don't have to wait. It's not like we record one on uh, Tuesday and it comes out on like next Friday. I mean, it, it, it comes out Friday. So uh, with that. We're on it. We're on it. But with that in mind, we also like to provide real lawyer talk content. And some of it is more lawyerly than other. Um, for those who have followed along, we occasionally get questions about uh, certain things that come to OhioLegalDefense.com. Yeah, forward slash. So OhioLegalDefense.com, that's where we live. We live there. The podcast lives there, but it also lives on podcast world Yep, apps and such. You can get us on Facebook, get us on Instagram. Maybe you can search your Instagram while at a Westerville Advanced Vapor. Sponsored by Advanced Vapor, Westerville, Ohio, 536 South State Street, corner of Schrock and State, right there next to Walmart. All right, so anybody who has got some vaping needs. We are, uh, and today's kind of a special day because we've answered questions before, but this is a full-blown episode dedicated to a response on, or a, or a question on Facebook. Yeah, so we've it, done the research. Came oh, in there. Hold on, this ain't no we. we yeah, have, you're right, we have not done the research. I, I've, I've read the three pages of research. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Thanks Sanders to Taylor. did. Now, now, there was one thing that I, I do have to uh, post out there is that we've talked about Taylor in the past, and she's been doing some work for us. And uh, Shorty came to me, and she was like, you know what? You have never mentioned that we are cousins. You know, Taylor is... Uh, is Shorty's is, cousin? That's Shorty's cousin. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I was supposed to... She was like, I, I, I got to drop the bomb. Here you go, Shorty. Let yeah. everybody know that Taylor Sanders is Shorty's cousin. Uh, do, we, do we hold that against her? Or do, no. Is that a good thing? Or They're both straight geniuses. <laughs> I know they are. That's awesome. Well, thanks for... Uh, and this question here comes from uh, six times removed uh, cousin of Mark Twain. I know. How about that, man? That how is, about uh, that here? Michelle uh, Bertrand sent in uh, a message to Jeff. I think you read it before you asked it. We said we were going to look into it. So, Michelle, this is us looking into it. Well, so, so Taylor is our expert <clears throat> research coordinator. Provides all the legal and fact-checking we need. And she is answering the question. And, and what was the question? Where we talk opinion, she speaks the truth. See, this is where, where exactly. I like to whitewash some of these details that I just don't have the wherewithal to go look up why. Maybe I'm a little ADHD. Maybe I'm just a little bit lazy. Maybe I just don't have the time. I don't know. But uh, our research coordinator, our professional research coordinator, uh, show specialist Taylor Sanders is on it. And she is solid as a rock. Comes through with the question. Um, cousin, what's cousin's name? Michelle. Cousin Michelle asked, <clears throat> can they search my kid's backpack at school? Now we are making some assumptions about this question. I'm going to assume that it is a public school. Public school it is. All right. Uh, the reason I make that assumption is because you will hear me say this time and time again. We talk, everybody talks about, man, it's free speech. I had to be able to say at work that I hate Trump, or I had to be able to say at work that I love Trump, or I had to be able to wear blah, blah, blah. Well, if your work is a private place, there ain't no free speech there. The free speech means the government cannot curtail your speech. The government can't take action. So if you're going to vindicate a violation of free speech or some other enumerated constitutional right, perhaps in the Bill of Rights, for instance, uh, it's got to be a government action. So, Jared, if I decide that I'm going to break into your house and search your closet looking for advanced vapor shirts, then I might commit a crime by doing that, but it ain't a government action. There's no Fourth Amendment implication there. Now, if if the government hires me to do that in the form of putting a badge on me and swearing yeah. me in as deputy dog, or if the government 
uh, hires Deputy Dog, who then says, hey, I know you're good friends with Jared. Why don't you use your, your friendship to go in and search his house for us? And, and wear this wire, too. Wire you And get up. him to say this. Right. Now, I'm an agent of Kitty a government cat. agent. So you can just pass along the agency straight down all the way up to the top. Uncle Sam searching your house without a warrant. And Confidential source Palmer. Just call me CIP. It's CIP. weird because the, my wife is judging today the mock trial that's over there. Yeah. And that's sort of the gist of the problem. Is it? They have some like private entity that the government hired to do some job, but that entity flew a drone over somebody's house and the drone saw something and enhanced it and it was drugs and all this other stuff. So and that's fascinating stuff. Now, yeah. I've had this come up at hotels. Maybe the hotel maid looks in the duffel bag in the closet and finds a bag of Coke and money. Uh, and the issue is I had this happen where Nose we were trying to argue that the, the maid, uh, working for the hotel had become a government agent because I think this particular time she had done this several times before where the cops would call and say, Hey, look, just let us know if you see anything suspicious. See anything weird. Wow. And, yeah. uh, I was trying to establish an agency relationship to no avail as it turns out. And I mean, this is it. Anybody who thinks there are too many rights. Yeah. Too many. I saw something suspicious. He's got all these bags of flour. What is he, some kind of baker? I couldn't tell if it's baking soda or baking power. I've never been able to tell the difference anyway. But I, I just dandruff over there. And somebody wanted to spend a lot of money on it. There were thousands of dollars, so I just thought I'd call you. Total coincidence. Right, well, <laughs> that, uh, that turns out that was a private search, not a government-acted search, and therefore no suppression. The other thing I want to make clear here is just because the government has... Uh, maybe violated your Fourth Amendment rights, as we're going to discuss here in a second, doesn't mean there's necessarily any remedy. Um, I, I hear this one all the time. I mean, they, hey, they searched my car. Can't do that. I said, well, did they find anything? No. It's an interesting concept. It is still a violation of your constitutional rights if the government actually conducts an illegal search. If the government decides to knock in my door tonight without a warrant, Intentionally, not mistaking it for like Jeff's house where they might find something, but my house. No reason to do it. Uh, intentionally. And uh, they come in. Well, guess what? They could search my house all they want. You know what they're going to find? Nothing. They're going to find a mess. I mean, my garage is a disaster. They're not going to find any carbs in there. They're not going to find any carbohydrates <laughs> except the ones I save for like when I have guests like Jeff. And then there's... Uh, <laughs> uh, so the question is, what's my remedy? My remedy is actually to go to federal court, file a lawsuit against the police department under Section 1983, and uh, accuse the government of violating my constitutional rights and try to get damages. And the question is, I have to now prove damages. I have to prove I've been harmed in some way. And I think in another... News Extra or something, we just covered this maybe even today. So the idea is 1983 provides a remedy in that I can sue for damages. I can even recover my lawyer's fees. A lot of times lawyers will take, not a lot of times, but often lawyers will take cases like that just to get the legal fees on the other end. And then maybe I don't know how they pay their clients after that, but there's some rules there. Uh, and even Scalia at one point, I think, I forget the decision, but Justice Scalia, rest his soul, was a, what we call a strict constructionist. And anybody who follows the history of constitutional criminal procedure will recall that most of this blew up really in the 70s, the late 60s, early 70s. And after a string of cases, uh, Wong Sun, I think is the Wong case. Wong Sun. I've that in a while. Uh, where the court sort of uh, maybe uh, cattle or uh, crystallized the fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine, mm. where if a, a search is illegal, then anything found as a result of the search becomes fruit of that poisonous tree and therefore is excluded from use at trial. That's called the exclusionary rule, which really is, there's no remedy spelled out in the Bill of Rights that says you can't use the evidence. So it's all prophylactic after the fact, uh, according to Scalia, arcane and dated, and I think who would have, if pressed, gotten rid of it, would have eliminated the exclusionary rule on logic that back in the days when we still had rubber hoses and phone book beatings by corrupt police officers, such a rule might have been worthy of protecting innocent folks from that. But in this day and age where police are far more uh, uh, professional and courteous and have reformed, we don't need the exclusionary rule and I would just get rid of it. It is prophylactic anyway. It is invented anyway. It is a complete fabrication of uh, politic and we don't need it. Now, uh, however you fall, if you're a strict constructionist, you sort of have to go with that. Same with Miranda, same with uh, Brown v. Board of Education. I mean, all that stuff was really legislation from the bench. But anyway. Did you just quote that? 
Like with the stuff you were saying, was that a quote? Did you just remember it? It is not an exact quote. It is, it is close. Close. Yeah. yeah. It, it, is, it is a good summary. My, my brain doesn't work that way. I can't do it. It is a good summary. Well, you should read, read yeah. the cases. Enjoy I read. it. Suck yeah. it. Soak it in. I was once asked how I remember stuff like that. And I, the only answer I have is I don't know. I think because when I read certain things like that, it moves me. Jumps either out, yeah. negatively or positively. I, I read a poem. One, I quoted a poem one time. I don't remember what it was now. But somebody said, how in the hell do you remember that? And I just said, because the first time I read it, it impacted me. It moved me. I felt hmm. something from it emotionally. I had a response to it. So somehow I remembered it. I didn't try to memorize it, but it stuck with me for other reasons. Uh, again, I'm far afield. So the question was, can you, can the school, a public school, search a student's handbag, book bag, whatever it is, at school? Does the Fourth Amendment apply? Does the Fourth Amendment prevent that, or does the Fourth Amendment apply? So in the real world, the Fourth Amendment would say you're not allowed to conduct any search and certainly no seizure as a result of that search unless you have a warrant based on probable cause. And generally how this works is you would go down to a court and find a judge, testify and or provide a written sworn affidavit to that judge explaining why you have probable cause. Maybe on such and such a day at such and such a time, I, I observed... Um, Mr. Lin's son getting or waiting at the bus stop, and uh, I saw his son put white powder into his book bag. I know from my experience that that white powder is generally known as cocaine. It comes from the cartels over the southern border, and if there were a wall, it wouldn't happen, but it did. So now we have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so now we have probable cause to search Mr. Lin's son's drone over. Uh, book bag, and we want a warrant. The judge says, okay, fine, you got a warrant. Well, guess what? If you got a warrant, I guess you're going to come in, or whatever the old Beautiful yeah. Dead song is. But anyway. Warrant or warrant exception, right? And Or you have an exception where there is uh, a chance of destruction of evidence, or if you're in a car, for instance, there's changes or, or other things. But Hot pursuit. Hot pursuit. I'm in hot pursuit. So if a teacher has suspicions, does she have to go to the judge and, and get a file? Warrant. Yeah, that's yeah. that's so the question here. We're back to the original question. Does a teacher have to do that? Well, a teacher at a public school, I think, is an agent of the government because the public school is funded by the public. The public is the government. The government is taking our money, giving it to the schools, and it's the government. Uh, and the answer is maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, I kind of say, hey, I guess maybe to, maybe to know for me. I guess I should have asked. If I should have done a survey. Survey says. Yeah. Well, based on uh, Taylor's great research here, my brain is like, this is like maybe to know because they're always going to, based on the law that we're going to talk about here in a second, I think they're going to be able to, they're always going to be able to get in. They're just going to be able to back it with, like, here's a blanket statement that, that I think is quoted in here. It says, uh, Courts must balance the student's right to privacy against a public school's duty to provide a safe place to learn and maintain discipline on school grounds. So if you can tie it to that, you can say, well, I mean, he put his book bag in a locker. It's our locker and there's drugs in it. I mean, we can't have that on our. I think yeah. it's going to be very hard to over, to call so that not reasonable. Let's, but then on they the other think hand, there's drugs in it. They think so. We're going to get to the reasonableness <clears throat> of that thought. But the other, I mean, the other thing we got to keep in mind. There's another case called Tinker versus Des Moines, Iowa, where, Tink where Tinker Des De Moines Independent School District or something like that that says, and this may be a quote: a student does not check his or her constitutional rights at the door when they enter their school or whatever it is. So you do have constitutional rights. Kids have constitutional rights at school. And why should they be different? Well, uh, this is a balancing test like any other that the Supreme Court has done. They, they hold, they have held, and we'll get to the decisions in the sites here in a second, but they have held that a student does not, uh, has constitutional rights, but they're, we're going to apply them a little bit differently in the setting of a school. And the reasoning Jeffy just quoted is why, because they have. Uh, some duty to keep law and order at the school that transcends a student's right to privacy. Yeah, I think the caveat to that is... Um you know, think about the other rights that we compromise every day. Probably don't even think about it. I mean, certainly when we go in the courthouse, um, they, it seems like our society now, or when you get on a plane, maybe Florida versus Royer, I our society case, yeah. is now compromising privacy for safety. And that is not a new thing. It happens all over the place. Well, that's always been the balancing act that we've had because they, and the Supreme court has developed a standard that is flexible enough to address that where, uh, they, the, the court has to determine what is your right to privacy in the area, item, or thing to be searched. 
What do we mean by that? Well, if I have something contained in a triple quadruple padlocked box hidden in a locked safe, in a locked closet, in a locked bedroom, in a locked house with a secret compartment leading to the locked bedroom and the locked closet and the locked house with a locked safe and a triple lock, quadruple locked box, well, then I have, I have really staked out my right to privacy in that box. I, I have made it known. I, I really want to be private there. And, and on top of that, we all know that a, a house is a castle and that we have a right to privacy there. So that's an easy one. But what about a car where you're out in public moving around? This court has said you have less of a right to privacy in that. And what about at schools where you're out and mobile with a book bag? You have uh, even less privacy. One, because you're out and mobile and you have a book bag. Two, because you're at school where we have to keep the order. So uh, I don't, I'm not saying this because I agree with all of it. Frankly, I, I think no search means no search. Uh, and if you've got... Uh, a situation where a book bag is there, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would protect it with the Fourth Amendment the same as any other. But here's the thing. There still is protection, right? Mm-hmm. The standard is uh, if I had a zipped book bag and a teacher wants to look in it for the cigarettes, my Peter Brady cigarettes, uh, they can't just open the book bag willy-nilly uh, just because I'm a student. They have to have a re. There's a reasonableness standard that is more akin to like uh, stopping a car, yeah, for a violation. In other words, so, but I mean, obviously, it's very general. So, what if they smell like cigarettes? Son, you've been smoking in the boys' room. Is that good enough? Search their person and their property to see if they got any cigs on them. They might live in a home that's full of smokers. And whether they smoke or not, they could come to school and smell like smoke. I understand that argument. But is that reasonable is enough the court to conclude? Say, but that's st- we still think that, that she's acting reasonable. There's a reasonable conclusion that if one reeks of cigarette smoke and a teacher is familiar with such a smell and knows that smell to be connected only with those that smoke and would even be able to delineate the difference between secondary smoke in a household versus, man, I know that smell when somebody comes in from outside after trying to conceal it. That's cigarette smoke. Well, here's where I here's where I'm kind of struggling with this. Is there a situation where it's unreasonable? I don't believe we have any case law we found where it was deemed unreasonable because Supreme Court says we're not going to treat children like prisoners. So we're going to say the Fourth Amendment applies. But then the cases that come over, they, they sort of say that and you think, oh, well, we've won. We have Fourth Amendment rights. But then all the cases that come out after just say, yeah, but it was reasonable. Yeah. So it's, so a, like we it's have the one case, rubber stamp argument. Yeah. We have the one case where a student's purse was searched after she was suspected of having cigarettes. A school official found the cigarettes, marijuana and a list of marijuana users attending the school. Search was held reasonable and minor was prosecuted. The other one is a student left a book bag unattended, which is what you've sort of mentioned, Steve. Bag was searched as part of the school's protocol to determine ownership and dangerousness, and search was held reasonable. See, I would find that one reasonable too. If That's like in an airport. Yeah, if there's yeah. a lost yeah. there's book, a- you've got, I think there's a duty of safety and responsibility. So, a school, there's another concept here, a legal concept called bailment or like implied bailment, where uh, the school is now responsible, one, to do something with that bag and maintain its security. So if I, it's like an inventory search in a car. If they impound your car after a traffic stop, they have to go through that car to make sure that they can inventory everything in it. That way they can ensure that nobody steals anything or you get all your property back, which is really to say it's a really good reason to justify searching a car. But the the bag is the same way. There's a bailment. And then I think beyond that, it's like in this day and age, who knows what's in the bag? Could be dangerous, got to search it. But uh, I think the real question is what if, Jeff, your son is now walking through the hallways uh, minding his own business, smelling only of breath mints, and um, which are perfectly permissible. And uh, some mean old teacher says, Mr. Lynn, or you just picture uh, Strickland doing it in Back to the Future. Slackers. McFly, slacker. I want to search your book bag. Please hand it over. And you, Mr. Lynn, whose dad's a lawyer, says, nah. nah. My hey. dad's a lawyer. You, he gonna my, sue you're gonna your get ass. sued. You're gonna spend all the rest of your time paying Don't me for my kids? college tuition. Do you know who Just my dad is? Know who my dad is. Uh, I hate I, that crap. Look, by the way, if Do you, you really want to go to jail, pull that kind of crap with the cops. Do you know who my dad is? You know, my dad is a lawyer talk host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got a podcast. Uh, anyway, so Jeff, the, your son says, no way, ain't doing it. 
you're not going to touch my book bag, not on my dime. My daddy said, you don't have to say yes to this. And they say, well, guess what? Give me your TS card. We are going to punch it, and we're going to take your book bag anyway, mm-hmm. and we're going to search it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you advise young Mr. Lynn to do? Call you. I'll give you a multiple choice test. <laughs> multiple choice. No, no, I got to answer. Hey. I, I, Grab the bag and run away as fast as possible. No. B, swear at the teacher, insult the teacher by some racially, sexually, or other offensive language. C, politely stay there and let the search occur. Or D, none of the above. Or E, find a ditch. And (laughs) hide in the the Blinsky Um, dish. I I, I don't, if... You can always challenge it later. That's your only argument in this situation. Yes. Um, uh, to to uh, to kind of try to get closer to the to the question that was asked. Um, there is a situation. I'm going to try to try to paraphrase or at least change the facts a little bit. There's a situation where someone is alleged to have seen something. So let's say that someone is accused of smoking marijuana. We saw him smoking marijuana. You know, Jenny said, your friend Jenny, who you hang out with all the time, we saw you smoking marijuana. So then they say, we want to search your backpack because we heard you were smoking marijuana. Jenny told us. The kid admits I was smoking marijuana and then hears through the grapevine, Jenny never told him that. Well, um, that situation might actually call into question the reasonableness of the action of the officials. I think if if, if we're talking about even a more egregious one, I mean, all your son is doing is just cruising the hallway, going to English, and uh, they want to search his book bag. Why? Because they want to. I think your son can say no. I think they will search it anyway, and I think your son has some options there. Uh, He should probably take C. I think that was the right answer, which is just let them do it and challenge the search later. later. Yeah. Now, everybody would say this. This is what I get all the time. I get this one all the time. They can search my house whenever they want because I don't do anything wrong. Well, not me. I'm not letting them in my house. I'm not letting them search my car. I'm not letting them search my book bag. I'm not letting them search anything I own unless they have a warrant or they're going to do it even after I protest. And I'm not going to be able to stop that because I just don't believe in it. I don't believe that we should permit that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's the government, right? It's the power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. You never know who you're dealing with or what you're dealing I with. I knew you were going to slip that or in Or why. Here. And you can't do it. So, so your son lets him search, and lo and behold, they find his. So, in that situation, did they just ask him to search, or was there some sort of tip? They just did. They on a complete, utter, total, random. We want to just start randomly searching book bags throughout yeah. the hallways. That brings in another question: because yeah. what if what if you treat those searches like um, Inven- or uh, stop searches? Yeah, yeah. checkpoints. Checkpoints. So every other every person- tenth every tenth locker we're searching. Yeah. So I, yeah. I would say your son should say no to that. Uh, you're, they will search it anyway, and then we would have a good argument to suppress the dime bag of pot that they found in his bag. I remember in high school they brought dogs in, yeah. and they would walk the dogs around the, the, the lockers yeah. and have them sniffing at the lockers. So that would not be a search. Yeah, there is a dog a, sniff is not a search. There's an old case, I think I started with it, called United States versus Place, P-L-A-C-E, if I'm not mistaken. A dog, a search implies that a human is doing it or a cop is doing it. A dog is not a human or a cop. I think that was the logic. So therefore it's not a search. So when they're running, uh, you know, uh, Roscoe's bloodhound around your car looking for dope in the trunk, not a search. Now there is another fourth amendment implication. One, you've already been in my, that situation. You, your car has been stopped. That took some justification of the fourth amendment. The detention has gone far beyond just giving you a ticket for 16 to 55. They've kept you there and now they're running a dog. So the length of stay that you have there might be relevant. But mm-hmm. the fact that a dog is doing the search, totally irrelevant. Dog can do yeah. um, Doesn't make any sense. But That's the way to do it. I mean, if you're in a school, you just walk the dog around. You got a good drug dog, knocks on a couple lockers. Well, now there's nobody, you're not going to have a good challenge of that. I mean, there's now they have suspicion to go in there. Well, let me take this, let me ratchet this up to a different level. The teacher says, if you don't let me search, I'm going to just go get a warrant and do it anyway. I don't care what you say or some other version of that. All we want is just a little cooperation, little Jeffy. All we want, you know, if most people just cooperate to this and, you know, that'll make it easiest on you if you just let us search. But if you make it hard on us, it's going to get worse for you. Make it hard on us. It'll get a lot worse. 
Uh, I know, you know that game. We'll have to call. You'll have to call your dad. We all know he's a powerful talk show host. At Just tell talk. us you did it. I'll tell the prosecutors that you're a good we'll guy. We'll tell the police you cooperated. Maybe even there's a diversion program. Blah 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 blah. blah. Are you asking me what I what you should do in that situation? What's the right move? I I think the right move is no. You say no. You can't search my bag. I'm not going to stand in your way if you're going to do it anyway, though. You're going to say, call my dad. We got a great relationship. He knows I smoke weed every single night, and he doesn't care that you find it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's still going to get get you charged, but <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Right, so I mean, it's like great, great. Now here's the, question. the interesting thing that for is for me out of this is. I don't, it, the reasonable suspicion standard as applies to these schools seems to be different than the suspicion standard that we apply outside of schools. And it is yet defined except for just factual scenarios that come up, right? Yeah. So you got to look at yeah. facts and say, oh, it's reasonable here. Oh, it's reasonable there. So what do you try yeah. to glean from all that? A bunch of inconsistent, anti-factually consistent stuff. Um, but, so one of the exceptions to a search warrant is in fact consent. That's probably the most used exception. So if somebody yeah. says... Can I come in your house? I don't have a warrant. You say, sure, come look around. Well, that's consent. Guess what? They're searching, and it's going to be valid, even though they didn't have a warrant. Hey, can I look at your backpack, little Jeffy? Well, sure, take a peek. Guess what? That's going to be valid. There's consent. Mm -hmm. What if, if you don't consent, I'm going to cuff you, throw you in jail, and you're never going to see the light of day again. You better consent, you little punk. Cool. All right, Mr. Strickland. Mr. Strickland. Mr. Strickland. Now we're getting closer because consent cannot be crowbarred out of somebody. It can't be a mere submission to a claim of unlawful authority. And the case is mm, California. I don't know. I think it was California versus Bustamante, maybe? Ooh, Bustamante. Something like oh, that. The only like, greatest last name ever. Uh, anyway, so uh, this, the, the validity of consent can come into play. It's probably a, a topic for a different issue or a different show, but... Uh, it, it is relevant here because it is often it is an often used tactic. The the Netflix show what is it making a murder of the kid? Yeah, sort of similar to that. They they cops often use techniques of empathy, uh, trickery, uh, whatever they can fear, whatever they can use to get consent. And unless it's a, a real, I don't want to say unless, but often it is held that absent some really really direct coercion, the consent's going to yeah. be valid. So yeah, yeah. No is always the right answer. And I, I always right. tell people this, the more they try to talk you out of no, the more right no is, right? It's like right. they're not doing anything to help you here. Well, and they're going to use tricks to try to get you to consent too. They're going to say anything in your car or anything in your locker that I should know about. Yeah, and well, you say no, and you're like, okay, so if, if it ended up that I searched your locker, I wouldn't find anything, right? Oh, no, you wouldn't find anything? Okay, so you okay with me searching? Oh, wait a minute. Jedi mind trick. Wait, wait, you know what I mean? It's like that's how they'll lead you down that, that road. But uh, Now, here's what's interesting. This often, often transfers. I'm going to call this, this is a lawyer talk description of transferred consent to parents. I see this all the time. Even with well-meaning, um, smart, I'm going to say intelligence, and with well-meaning parents, they're often tricked into cooperating with schools and cops and other law enforcement agencies uh, because they just want to be cooperative. And here's the example of that. I mean, um, that's human nature. You know, the law is here. I mean, I better cooperate. Don't want to... Yeah, I think that's something we all, you know, respect police officers at a very young age and you think you're doing the right thing. It's like, I, I at my, when I was younger, Steve, I would have... I would have been the guy. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? I well, would probably be the one that would admit or, can, or agree to consent. I just, I just would. Well, Cousin Blinsky, what's her name again? I forget. Michelle. 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 Cousin Michelle says, uh, you know, it's like if, if the police go and say, all right, uh, Michelle, you know, we just want to look around your son's backpack. You know, we know it's in his, in his, uh, in his room. You know, we're just trying to we're just trying to get to the bottom of this. We just want to make sure everybody's safe. We just want to do this. We just want to do that. You know, come on. And 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 she's a good mother. She's a good citizen. Yeah. She's a good person in the community. We don't want to get him in trouble, but we want to get him help if we he want needs to get help. him help if he needs yeah. it. Uh, can we just look through his room and his backpack and this and that? And and nine times out of ten, if cousin Michelle or somebody like cousin Michelle were uh, making that decision on their own, they would say categorically, "Bug off." But somehow when you put the magic of childhood in there, you, everybody, the parents want to appear like they're being cooperative for their kids' sake. There's nothing worse you could do. I'm going to let that sink in. 
There's nothing worse you can do. You don't have to let the police come in and search your kid's bedroom. You don't have to let the police come in and search your kid's car or backpack or anything else or your own for that matter. And if if the short-term embarrassment pain or thought of, wait a minute, they're not going to think I'm a very good parent or they're not going to think this or I'm just trying to make it right or blah, blah, blah is there, then just endure it because the long-term problem, if your son or daughter has contraband, like baking soda, looking stuff, then it's a big-time problem. And you've consented to the very thing that's going to get your son the most trouble. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, definitely. We didn't. I don't think we've talked about it, and, and, and this is an interesting thing that just came, because you mentioned cars. It's like, so if I park in the school parking lot, I leave some stuff in my car and I go into school and then there's some allegation made like I'm a, I use drugs or I always have drugs or whatever. Now we're on school ground. That car's parked on school grounds, but certainly the right to privacy that you would expect, which is the balancing scale here Mm -hmm. out of your locker at school, not your locker, just you put your crap in it. You know what I mean? And your car would be drastically different. Yeah, and and it's every one of these has been litigated, and every one of these has come up snake eyes. I know, and that's what's bad. Yeah, but here's the shell has an interesting situation. Again, I'm not trying to air out what's going on there, but it's like to have for. I mean, we see it all the time, right? Officers that maybe lie about what they have or fudge what they have to get somebody to admit to something. Yep. And then later you find out, oh, you didn't even have that. You know what I mean? That really might there might be some reasonableness issues there for sure. Well, and the other thing we need, let me just highlight this. Um, What we're talking about is this is a search of your child's property at school or a juvenile's property at school, a public school, a search that under every other premise outside school with an adult or anybody else would require either a warrant or an exception. Yeah. Here we're talking about a lesser standard of is it reasonable for the school officials to conclude that the search is necessary for some reason? Did they find some reasonable reason to make the search but that's and i mean it sounds that's been to me like they can, they can make up any Anything. kind of they can make sure. it up. look at the to maintain so provide safe place so for safety and to maintain discipline on school grounds his shoes were untied that's all he has to show i'm just gonna have to say that he didn't tie his shoes we think that he might have been under the influence of something so he wasn't able to think to tie his shoes yeah he fell asleep in class i mean this guy's really interesting he's not boring he must be on pot. We need to search his book bag in his locker immediately. So what we're talking about, what's interesting is this. I mean, this is like a, a, the, the lead case research professional, research coordinator Taylor. Veronica, or no, 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 no. Vernonia School District 47J versus Acton. 515 U.S. 646, 1995 U.S. Supreme Court. And then we got uh, NJ versus TLO, 469 U.S. 325 at page 334. And here's what they're saying. Public school officials are state officials and the right of people, including students, to be secure against unreasonable searches is extended to include searches conducted by uh, or conducted at school. So the, but then they go on to say, we don't really care as long as it's reasonable. Mm-hmm. So they give you this awesome standard that thinks you can just imagine as you're reading this decision that you get hammered on it's like oh yeah i got the right it's there it's there but it's, the, it's yeah. a reasonableness standard and we find this it. to be reasonable it's like <laughs> shit <laughs> i lost after all um so the, the problem here is that the reasonableness standard is very broad and there is a there is a right but when the exceptions swallow up the rule it exactly. sort of starts to become yep. exceptions really become no the rule. rule what at all at all yeah. so i don't know uh and that used to be a big thing for me back in the day back in law school i remember the uh the Fourth Amendment just slowly being etched away, and now with some of all the safety concerns that we have, it's really being loosened up. Well, and that's just it. This is my this is the my pet peeve in life, is that if you we as citizens of this awesome country have traded some degree of safety for freedom, because we can eliminate all concern, <clears throat> not all, we can eliminate ninety nine point nine 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 percent of crime and safety and everything else just by creating a totalitarian regime without the Bill of Rights where they could just get anybody, the government could just put the boots on the ground and keep it safe. Search you walking down the street. Oh, you look like you're dangerous. Here, let me get, let me pat you down. Oh, you got a gun. Great. You're going to prison forever. So, I mean, you could, you could do mm. that. You could stop every car and get rid of every drug. You just set up checkpoint chicky and roll I mean, we had a, uh, we had Alex hasty from, uh, Ohio versus the world on here talking about, uh, uh, talking about Singapore. And all yeah, the stuff that, that happens, stuff, in, right. happens yep. in Singapore with bathrooms and gum and bubble gum, bubble gum being like black market 
trafficking. See you chewing it when you cross the street. Yeah. Now, let's take a ride. What's interesting is this goes on sort of unchecked. This is what it's going to be, but then something happens. You know what happens? Cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. It starts to change things. Yeah. Why does it change things? Because we have these phones. I don't think it's going to change anything. So from right now, here's where we're at. If you got a backpack, you're in a public school, and they want to go through it, any kind of rigmarole they come up with, they're in the back. They're, well, here's what it is, though. They here's what you don't want to do. But Let me, that's a good question, because here's, which is really to say, what should you do? Well, you should still tell them, no, I do not consent to this search. They're going to search it anyway, but at least that gives the attorneys later some basis to actually like, challenge the he search. He said no, yeah. In other words, you don't want to give them the very thing that they need. An exception. You don't want to say, you don't want to give them consent. You don't want to say, okay. Even or if you don't want to say, like, I know you guys are going to search it anyway. I guess do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. You don't even want to do anything that and here's resembles what's interesting. consent. And, and this is like that Netflix thing. This is like the making a murder. It's like anybody who says that a, that a student is not more vulnerable to being convinced right. to acquiesce to a search than a, an adult is fooling themselves right i mean yeah. it's like kids want to please adults that's what they do that's that's where they're they're still taking cues to figure out who they are they want they mm -hmm. think they want to do the right thing now not all kids there's always exceptions but i just think in the main that's that's true for sure but then then comes along cell phones and the issue becomes can they search my can they seize my cell phone from my bag all right well that's if they get in the bag, I guess they can take the phone. It's that reasonableness. But then they want to go into your phone. Then they want, and here's why this is coming up time and time again, is because high school kids who have yet to turn 18 but have already had puberty, meaning they have sexual desires, will often send pictures of each other to their boyfriends or girlfriends. Then those pictures get sent to their other friends. Yeah. And then they get sent somewhere else. So, and that person says, this is pretty funny. I'm going to throw this on Snapchat, or I'm going to put this on YouTube, or I'm going to put this here. And next thing you know, you got your daughter's naked picture exposed to the world. Mm. I just had this question about a month ago from a friend. He texted me. He said, can you, high school is really in trouble for like, sending pictures back and forth. And he, I think he expected me to say, well, and like come up with this big, I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. If you're under 18, yes. And what's the crime? Jared. Child pornography. You bet. CP, the old CP. Child pornography. So Not even worse, because now what have you done? You've disseminated. Is it manufacturing? And what else did you do? Created. You created it. Yeah. So taking your own dick pic is creating child pornography and sending it to your girlfriend is disseminating yeah. child pornography. Yep. And then when she sends it to the rest of the cheerleading squad, she's disseminating it even more. Yeah. And then if she reciprocates with a similar picture in reverse, all the things go backwards. Shorty got a picture of her niece in a bathtub from, from uh, her brother. Yeah. And I was like this, don't send that to me. No, you're right. Don't I was do like, it. I was like, don't send that to me. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want it. I don't yeah. want it on my yeah. phone. I can't believe you have it on yours. She's like, well, that guy, you know, but then if you go back, well, it has look, to be in there's a, pictures of me in a state of nudity. I'm going to tell you, there's pictures of me in the top. When I'm excited, look it up. Hey, well, I mean, look, the, the, the point is it has gone to a point or it's gone. It's gotten to a situation. No, that's a little far fetched. I, I know that I threw that out. That, I don't, that, that, same that, is, way. that is that is not like 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 sending the is dick pic, art? you know, is it art? If you've got a very pretty high school boy or girl. Or handsome or pretty, whatever. I don't know. Get, without being gender specific, a an attractive person, a dime piece, uh, pose naked in like a Playboy esque type pose, uh, and they send it away. I mean, look, is that for sexual? Is that for art? They don't give it. They don't care. I mean, it's going to be child pornography, and if it's more than that, which it often is, like a video, then it's even worse, right? It's it, you can't explain it in any other way than it's for sexual purposes or for sexual gratification, and. Now you're in possession of child porn. Well, wait, it's my girlfriend. Guess what? She's in possession of child porn because she's got your dick pic. Well, wait a minute. It's my boyfriend. Guess what? You know, it goes around and around. And, you know, it, what's going on with this? Like when your neighbor asked you, it's like, yeah, it is a big deal, right? I mean, the, the prosecutors right. are being called upon to go lecture at schools about this. Yeah. Uh, I have warned parent after parent in different organizations about this, and yet it continues. And yeah, I mean, when I was back in school too, if something happened like with a girl, like somebody maybe hooked up with a girl, or whatever, well, their friend, their buddies want to sit down and hear about it. 
You know what I mean? And I'm sure the same is true for, for, for women. Well, now they got phones and they've got this. This isn't something that happens behind closed doors because they're just communicating through these phones, whether it be FaceTime, whether it be Snapchat, whether it be capturing something that you sent to Snapchat that you thought was going to go away. Yep. It's like it's all out there and it's it, and it's there. Now, I ask you, how do you get caught with child pornography as a high school student on your cell phone that has a password? Somebody you sent it to somebody and they folded yeah. and they turned it in. Yeah, well, yeah. Is you, that that's, you, that's one way you get caught? Here's what happens. They say, "Sonny, Mr. Lynn, do you have a cell phone?" Yes, I do, Mr. Strickland. Would you please give that to me? Do I have to? Slacker. Yes. Here you go. What's the code, Mr. Lynn? Two three zero six. Now they look, and they got it, right? This is, a, this is an everyday scenario. This is happening at schools across the country every day, yeah. all day long. Yeah. And even that, I've had ones where the parents actually, the kid says, I don't think I should. And the parents come in and say, give them the code. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. And they give them the code. And the parents are in our yeah, office saying, it. should we have done that? I'm like, no. no. <laughs> Categorically, no. Yeah. Right? And they're like, well, we just thought it was going to make it easier. It was, it was, it was, it made it easier for it. them. Yeah, it did. You're right. <laughs> It did make it a lot easier, right? It was very easy for them then to get in your phone. Um, now, what if they say, are we allowed, or can we look through your phone? So they got the passcode. Can we use it? Well, I guess. Guess what they're going to do? Well, they, they don't even know. They don't even have to ask. I mean, your response of giving them the code implies that you're allowing them to search. Probably, probably. By most courts, I would think. Yeah. All right. So if you go the opposite route and say, I'm not giving you my passcode. Now they're going to say, well, you're being obstructionist. If this, we find anything, it's going to get a lot worse and blah, 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 blah. So now you're in this weird juxtaposition, this bag of tricks where you've got to say, all right, I, I got this. I got a picture of, uh, of Mandy on my phone, but I, uh, I sent her some pictures of me, but then they're going to get mad if I don't tell them it's there and give it to them. And, and, and I need to text her and tell her to delete them. And I need to tell her to delete them because now <laughs> oh, she's that's in trouble. crime. And then I don't want to get my best friend in trouble. We looked at this together last night, and I sent it to him. I mean, you just start thinking, no, the whole football team twist out of control. Yeah. Now you're out of control, and uh, you give it up or you don't give it up. So if you do give it up and they they find it, you're in a terrible mess. If you don't give it up and they find it, you're in a terrible mess. Uh, if you don't cooperate, you're in a mess. If you do cooperate, you're in a mess. It's a it's a really tough. I mean, that's tough for any even a seasoned criminal to deal with. Yeah. I feel like the school, some of the school cases we've seen more recently, they just don't mess with him. They just call, they just bring the police in to do an investigation. Uh, next and, question, resource officer at yeah. the school. There's cops at the school. Mm -hmm. I didn't know cops at my school when I was growing up. I mean, there is for me. We had a dare officer. Dare to keep I the dare kids you to search my drugs. backpack, copper. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. I don't think they do dare anymore. No. I, I had a resource officer. He yeah. caught me smoking. Smoking yeah. in the boys. I got, got taken, like to, the meth, got huh? taken to Miss Rose's office. She was uh, the vice principal in charge of uh, of uh, giving you detention or disciplinary actions. And uh, I remember I was going to get a three-day suspension. For which, smoking cigarettes? Yeah, which I turned into a six-day Saturday school, which I then convinced her to change that into two weeks of me staying after class and working in the greenhouse. Well, that was good training. <laughs> this is oh. lawyer talk. All right, so we got <laughs> we got uh, you got you got a scenario. Technical greenhouse science. I took that. Yeah. Took, that was a class I yeah. took, and it was good training. Yeah. I did. Here's, I, I learned here's a lot the, in there. Here's what I think. What I've seen in a lot of these cases is they actually will go out and get a warrant for the phone if you won't give them the passcode. They will go and get but a warrant. Based on what I'm reading here, I think if a court had a situation where they had this little suspicion that something's going on and they demanded a code and, and all that. I think they'd let it in. Right? Not so fast. Oh, you have a case. All right. What happens in 2014? Now, I've had cases where cell phones in a big major dope case. I'm talking like, I think this was like a, it was a double digit kilo of cocaine case, maybe 20, key, 20 or 30 kilo of cocaine. Big case. Here's how I handle it. Jeff, you probably do this now too. It's like, I, I usually start that meeting with everybody in the room. And I say, mom and dad, here's how this goes down. I don't represent you. 
I don't represent you. And you very well may need lawyers. You might need your own help because what you have here is a situation where you have been involved in this process. You're going to be witnesses. You've got these, you've got these things. Mm-hmm. I don't represent you. I represent your son. Here's how this goes down. If I talk to your son and he tells me things, that is privileged. If you're in the room when he tells me those same things, it is not privileged. Now, there are other reasons why I might be able to not disclose that, but I can't have first that risk that I am going to have to disclose things that he told me just because you're here. And worse yet, he may not want to tell me things that are relevant to this case with you in the room. You were kids too once. Mm-hmm. Think about your comfort level of disclosing your deepest, darkest secrets to your parents at this age. Kids are all liars. Of course. And it's because <laughs> of embarrassment and, and the, the fear of retribution and, and all the stuff that goes with it. And I, and I really feel like when I represent kids, I have said this before, it's like these seven, those 15, 16, 17, 18 year old guy, particularly, I mean, that, or even gals. I mean, that's my specialty, right? Because I, I really feel like I can connect on that level and help and, and help means I need to know it all. And I need to get into the, into their minds as to why and really help them get better. Because often in juvenile work, it is the, it is the response to the problem that is almost as important as, as the, as the defense. Well, my two cents on this is I think that these, the social media, the Facebook, the Instagrams, the Snapchat, the, the my face or my face or what's they call office space or whatever the heck the, all these things are called. Um, that is probably going to be used by school officials and law enforcement to get through this, this suspicion. I think people don't realize what they put on there. They put their whole lives on there. And now we have them tied. We have these apps that are now on the cell phones. I remember back in the day when social media started, you had to go to a computer. Yep. You, know, you don't look at it on it. Now it's, now you can change your status when you're sitting in class. You know what I mean? And I think if the um, school officials are wise, they're going to start paying very close attention to that. And I think I've had, I can't remember what teacher it told me, but I have a teacher that I know that told me um, that he has most of his kids, he follows most of his kids on social media just to see what's up. You yep. know what I mean? If they're, if they're seen smoking what appears to be a marijuana or what if they're 16 and they're smoking cigarettes, is that good enough when they come to school the next day? Dude, yesterday you posted, looks like you were smoking a cigarette there. It might be. And so I guess. Oh, yeah, it's, it sure I it guess, is, right? If it's you a, really want admission. to give your kids good advice, just realize that when you walk through the school door, I believe based on some of the things we've read that you do not have the same privacy rights you have when you're walking, you know, when you're just out and you you're have, a citizen and you're you an adult. You have less rights when you're going less to school. Less privacy. So and, don't and do it. Here's just the don't problem. bring it. You're walking don't into an it. institution. When you're sure. walking in that building that has, you know, fences and walls around it. You're in an enclosed area. And, you, you, I mean, you should know that you have less rights than walking down the street. The, yeah. The problem yeah. is, in this day and age, I think people operate with a, with a blissful ignorance of what they're doing. So when you're writing everything you do and posting it somewhere in the ether, that you're just documenting everything. And somebody can be listening, and somebody can be watching. And this is, we made jo- we made jokes about this with these tweets that are going out through, for like these comedians or Hollywood or whatever it is, and they're like people are out there mining prior tweets for anything that might be considered uh, politically offensive at this day and age, and holding it against you. There was a time that if I happened to be at a party where there was a camera and people taking pictures, I would be pissed, almost to the point of smashing the camera. Right? It's like, you, are you nuts, dude? <laughs> We're not allowed to be drinking beer. We're 17 years old. Why would you possibly think it's cool to take pictures of this and then people can see it? Now they're taking videos and posting it on Instagram in real time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew a young, young man that worked for me. I ended up actually bringing him down to your office a number of years ago. He got in a little bit of trouble. And I remember, I don't know, on his social media, I don't know if it was the, the tweet or the, the Instagram, he was on probation. And he's posting pictures of him rolling dudes and smoking them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not. And I'm just like, this is this is insanity. And how many times do we do it? Like, it it's we've been almost to a point of trial before, and somebody will show us something that they wrote, and they're like, we'll pull up his Facebook, and you're like, huh. What has he right. been posting for the last six months while I've been working this trial up? It's like, dude, come on, man. If, if, I, I, if, if I had a secret lever that would delete 
every client's Facebook account the second they retain we me, should add it to our intake I mean out. the only thing that you have to be careful of is sometimes having those accounts on can help you well, I just don't want you to be active on freeze them in time right? yeah yeah I was talking to a prosecutor at uh, the city club remember that yep. you introduced me there I was doing a catering event there it's one of their their smoke out or whatever they call it there yeah, they, good they had their, good their, guys. Good, their good events good guys and we're standing around talking and this was probably 2009 around there yeah, maybe nine ten and uh I was talking to the prosecutor and he was talking about they had a big case coming up and they were following their Twitter accounts. Oh yeah. And he was like, big party at the cabana club. It's going to be bananas. And they were posting all of this. Right. And it was like a couple of days. And so then they were following it. So they were like, well, at, at this club right here. So they sent undercovers in, they sent people who can't because they knew exactly where him and the mm -hmm. whole crew was going to be. So then not only because they had the trial coming up, there were people that didn't get indicted. There were other, they were all these criminals and he let, they let them know exactly where the meeting place was at seven o'clock or whatever, right. you know, at, mm -hmm. and they send in undercovers because it's, it's a club. It's I mean, club, everybody's right. allowed in there. They're going this, they're like, well, we know they're all going to be there. They, we know they're going to be, and they sat there and I guess they partied and drank and started talking. And he was just telling the story and I was listening to it and he was like, man, we came in, they had no idea. We had all this information and we laid out first his tweets and then we laid out all the information from the undercovers over there and it just started piling up all of the work hmm. that these guys had been doing for the prosecution. It hmm. is, it is nothing more, there is nothing more frustrating than having a great defense and then getting something like that laid on you at the last minute. You're just like, shit. You couldn't have stayed on, at home. Bro. You couldn't have got off the tweets. Come like, on, like man. This is 101 stuff, man. What did we first talk about? You had to about? go to the third liquor store? No more <laughs> Facebook. No more tweeting. No more Instagram. We didn't say Snapchat. Well, I meant it. I, I meant like, anything no, social. Crap, dude. Get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Shut stop, it down. Stop, yeah. stop, 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 stop. Go visit your grandma. <sighs> yep. Reform your conduct. Change your behavior. Be a model citizen. So I yep. guess what it comes down to? Your kid goes in with a backpack. It's pretty much gray area enough to where they're getting in it if they want in it. If they can show some suspicion, the law says you can do it. And yeah. On, yeah. on the phones, same or equal to or greater than? I, I have not seen, I don't know that we've had in our office a situation where, now we've had a lot of consent, a lot of consent. A lot of consent. Yeah. The kid just, just consents. Um, or the parents consent. Um, remember, you can always revoke that consent. You know, as many times Steve says, he's like, wait, did you tell them they could look at that? I'm gonna call him right now, and I say we're revoking the con the consent. You yeah. can you can revoke it. It's and kind of typically do it in writing, right? You want yeah. to do it right away. Yeah. Um, but no. yeah, I think as far as cell phones goes, what I've seen more out of cops is I'll just get a warrant. Um, most most recently, the cell phone case I had, the guy had somebody at BCI that could easily get into it. It just took some time to ship it off. Yep. Um, so he said, "Look, I'll get you a warrant, so you can see that I've gotten a warrant. Will you just give me the password after that?" And that's how we handled it. Because now I still reserve the right to challenge the warrant. Even though I gave him the password, I made him get a warrant first. So basically, I did him a favor by saying, look, don't do all that other crap. I'll give it to you. Just show me you got a warrant. Well, let, me, let me just bring up one more thing that is more of a part two. Um, actually, before I do that, State versus Smith, 124 Ohio State 3rd, 163 is the Ohio cell phone case. says you got to have a warrant. Um, the police must obtain a warrant order to search the contents of a phone or be able to establish the darn good reason why there wasn't time to get a warrant. Uh, that is that. But, you know, here's, here's the other thing we haven't talked about that I think we need to. And it's one of the things we actually kicked around, uh, thrown out there today. And that was we've got the we've talked about sort of the criminal side or the juvenile justice side. But what about the administrative side? What about when you don't say yes to this, you get kicked out of school? Mm. We're going to expel you unless you cooperate. And if you cooperate, we're gonna, it'll go a long way towards your pitch to make this just a two-week suspension instead of a semester-long expulsion. Mm -hmm. And then we're in this even more complicated decision-making bag of tricks where we have to say, all right, how bad is it going to be if we give them the information on the juvenile or criminal side? And how do we factor in the fact that you play hardball over here, you got no chance over here. And this comes up in maybe even more so in public universities, not, not high schools, but actually yeah. universities like Ohio State or any of the others where you are forced to cooperate. And if you don't, you're going to get kicked out. And there's state action there that comes into play, and you have all these rights to say nothing, but uh, that kangaroo court will be held on a different day, I suppose, for lawyer talk. But yeah. uh, that's a whole other layer of complexity that uh, you face as a student slash criminal. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that comes up most often in, uh, you know, yeah. 
I mean, if I think if I was a school, I just put a sign out that says anybody that comes to the property is subject to search. All containers are subject to search, and then put a metal metal detector at the entrances. I don't think that gets it done. Though. I think all the I think the Fourth Amendment's still going to apply, and I think. Uh, but nobody can nobody can t- contest the fact that going through a metal detector to get into school is something that's for the safety of the students. And what's interesting is, now I'm not saying you're going to see a little bit of marijuana on a metal detector, but it's, if if you got if you're giving it to an officer to run through a metal detector and he's doing a little wand, you know, if you're having that interaction. I think it's probably going to discourage Less a lot likely. of people. It's going to discourage. discourage a lot of people from Leave walking through there. Leave it at the bus stop. Yeah. 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 Believe it or not, I've had many cases where people try to go through anyway. Here's what I think will happen. Here's what I think will happen, what these comedians are now doing. So these comedians are now, you're going to these comedy places, and they have these sealed bags. Yeah, they have that for Steve-O. You have to volunteer your cell phone. If you're going to, if you're coming in with a cell phone, you, they put it in a sealed bag. You can always come out and go look at it. But you can't have it in the, in the show. Well, you're allowed to keep it. It has like a magnetic thing, kind of like uh, oh, do you? Whenever you like, you know those tags that yeah. are on, on the clothes. If, so if you steal it, you ever see that little thing? The yeah. little deal at the register it goes comes yeah. apart. The, the ink blowing up. Because we went and saw Stevo, and uh, one there's two couples of us, and my buddy's wife. She had told us she's like, if you go in, you have to put your, you know, that mm-hmm. that lock bag. So I was like, this, they're not gonna lock up my phone. You know what I did with my phone? I left it in my car. Right. She brought hers mainly because she wanted to see how they were how locking it, it up. Yeah. But it's and a good idea. I mean, it, uh, I have a, a friend, this teacher, Josh, and he has all sorts of problems with kids using cell phones. But now here's the other thing with that on. is that they didn't like pat me down and look for my cell phone. They're like, do you have a cell phone? I was like this. No. All right. Go through. I'll go through. Well, all right. Well, well I mean, but they could, though. They could, they could just put you through a metal detector and say, yes, you do. <laughs> That's what I would if I was a, if I was a teacher I don't know I don't it depend on the school district there's some people that just be like no screw you it's like what's stopping a teacher from just saying look I'm not going to look through your phone here's well, a, look through your phone here's like, a, here's I, believe a basket. I believe you're cheating on a test here's a basket why they do you want to get that? in my phone I think that I think that he he was cheating on the my test buddy Josh just said so he, the guy I was talking about just told me this this was the last Friday he said he had a student that was taking a test and she had earbuds in and he's like look I mean some of these things I'm having you fill in are easily searchable. You know what I mean? I don't know what that, I don't, just put it away. Yeah. And she was like, no. You know what I mean? It's like, so depending on the school district, you might get some blowback. But if I was a teacher, I think I'd say there's a basket in the front of the yeah, room. Yeah, I agree. You come through the door, drop your phone in the basket, and you can have it when you get or done. Or they got to be in your locker. You're like using your I lunch think, break I think or something. I don't there's, know. There's students out there or districts out there that you're going to find students that they don't care. If you're going to take their phone, they're just going to leave. Well, here's you know I mean? the, here's the takeaway. I think that you're well, one one comment. I'll give you a takeaway. The, the uh, there, there's a distinction in the law between confiscating a phone for like its misuse, uh, and there's a distinguishing factors that uh, between that and actually looking and searching through what you were doing on the phone. And right. what your what your buddy's Definitely. talking about is like confiscating it. All right, you're on your phone. Confiscate. Oh, it rang in class. Give it up. Yeah, you know, it's right, like that kind of right. stuff. That's different than a search of the phone. But here is the ultimate takeaway: if you're a parent. Educate your kids not to send the dick pic, all right? Let's just do that. For sure. And and the kids are going to do it anyway, so tell them 100 times, not just once. Tell them 50 times. Tell them 100 times. Tell them as many times as it takes until the message is clear because everybody that comes into my office that has this problem uh, knows that they're not supposed to be doing it, and they do it anyway. So I don't know what the secret is, but try. Right. Try, yep. try everything you can. Yep. Second takeaway, don't think that it's going to be better just because you were playing nicety nights with the people who are investigating your kid for serious crimes. It's not going to be better. It never will. The one, we can help, right? Lawyers can help. Criminal defense lawyers know what we're doing, or most of us do. Or we know what we're doing. And uh, <laughs> look, I'm not going to talk for everybody else. That wouldn't be fair. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Say what I know. Wouldn't be fair. Wouldn't be fair. Yeah. So we, uh, we know what we're doing. We can help you. I can help you guide through the minefield of saying, should I turn this over? Should I not? Because what we get to do is send out uh, requests to people like prosecutors who have authority to help us work these problems out without involving or without necessarily making admissions or giving up incriminating evidence or doing other things that would be bad. So there's, there, there is help out there, and it's easy to pick up your cell phone in this day and age and call us 614-224-6142 or check us out at ohiolegaldefense.com or just listen to the podcast, huh? Yeah. Thanks, Michelle, for the question. Obviously, anybody has anything, we're, we're serious about Now that we have a, a good working system here, I think if you submit it on Facebook, Instagram, through the website, 
Higher League of Defense slash podcast. Definitely because um, you gave us a shout out, gave us something to talk yeah. about. It's I a mean, great we question. Can, we may dedicate the show to it. We may just answer it. But I mean, I'm watching them, so we, we'll, we'll try to get to all of them. Check them out. Or uh, submit your uh, extra extras. You got some I'd like news to see extras? if you got some news, you know, in your neck of the woods, send it our way. Yep. And uh, you got a story to tell, give us a call, give us an email, do whatever. We'd be happy to help you tell it. So that is Lawyer Talk off the record, on the air for another episode of 2019. Until now.